Hey, Dan Talks listeners, welcome to another episode of Dan Talks. Again, this week, it is me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. There's no guest. There's just me and my thoughts to share with you. And I thought, uh, how about we do another current events review? It had a lukewarm at best reaction last time. And so I thought, let's try again. <laughs> um... Okay, before I even look at, I just pulled up the New York Times, but let me put it down. Okay, before I even, okay, big thing on my mind is the Lost Kitchen, which is this restaurant in Maine that's very rural, but very um, high quality. And uh, I read about it in the New York Times many years ago, and it's like the menu changes every night, and it's run by this incredible woman named Erin French, and it's like impossible to get a reservation, blah, blah, blah. It came up again recently for some reason. Oh, because we're like planning the summer and we're going to be in Maine. And I thought, oh, that'd be nice to like take Chris to go to this restaurant in Maine. You know, it's near Waterville. It's like an hour from my parents' house, whatever. Uh, I go to their website. They say, well, we'll because op- it's seasonal, six months out of the year. We'll open reservations in the spring or like the first day of spring, like March 20th. or I think it's March 20th. But uh, I don't know when you can start, but... In order to make a reservation, you can't um, call or do it online or anything. You have to send a postcard to the Freedom Main post office or, like, you know, to the restaurant. And um, then they choose people who get reservations. They, like, Aaron calls them up or whoever calls them up and says, Hey, we chose your postcard. And so I was like, okay. And I did more Googling. Found their Instagram. Uh, found out they are on season three of their... Uh, show on Discovery Plus and HBO Max and um, oh Magnolia Network that's um, Joanna Gaines's network so they've had this show now for three seasons and literally everyone in the world is a giant fan and I am officially like full, five full years late to even a chance of being involved um, and there's 70,000 postcards that go to this place every year so it's not even uh, like, oh, I'm from Maine. Maybe that'll help. That will not help. These people are doing custom. <laughs> like their kids are making the postcards. Or maybe they are. And it just looks like children did it. By the way, I haven't seen one child. Because I've now started watching that show. Their show. I have not seen one child at the, this restaurant. Which is fabulous. And I guess it makes sense now that I'm thinking it costs like $200 a person to go. Because who's going to take like Jimmy. Like little Jimmy to go like enjoy this. He's not going to be able to appreciate it anyway custom postcards i'm sure the biggest sob story you've ever heard i'm sure now they're inundated with proposal requests like i'll propose at your restaurant i'm sure they're like yeah let's not do another one this year or like let's only have one every week whatever because of course that's the cutest scene in the um first episode is someone wrote and said i'd love to propose to my wife and they're like older and so it was great to see or propose to my girlfriend and they're both like like mid, I don't know, old, 50s-ish, um, older, not old, um, but like later in life to get married and said, I'd love to propose at your restaurant, whatever, and then they show them walking across the bridge, of course, because of course there's this bridge and it goes over this river and then there's the mill and it's like the whole renovated mill, whatever, and anyway, you see them walking across the bridge and he gets on one knee and proposes and everyone looks out the window, it's so cute. Anyway... There's no chance of me or nor you 
getting a reservation at this restaurant. I don't have, I mean, the angle I would take to, to get in would be to be like, definitely the gay car. I'm sure they get half the people are gay who apply, who apply, (laughs) who send in postcards asking for reservations. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but I feel like it's a very like, uh, I don't know. It's the gays who are coupled maybe and really appreciate good food and don't want to be on the scene and in P-Town or even a gun quit in Maine or certainly not Fire Island. And they just want to have a beautiful like night to themselves and this really bespoke experience, whatever. I bet that that's realistically 15% of their postcards, but still tens of thousands of gays and hard for that to be the card to play. That said, I absolutely would play that. Something about like, I'm gay. And also I'm from Maine. Also, because I'm from Topson, Maine, which is a small town-ish. I mean, we have a Target, which was new as I was growing up. We caught a Target, so we really arrived. But um, I, I would try to play the like, I'm from a small town and you're a big inspiration to me. And I'm gay. And um, does that work for you? <laughs> something, 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 something. Um, Chris had the great idea of sending a postcard from Hawaii because he has family in Hawaii, has gone there a lot throughout his life. Anyway, I don't need to tell Chris's business on here. But anyway, that was the other angle we thought we could go. It was like, well, maybe we like made it a Hawaii thing, but there's no way to really... It would be disingenuous to, to pose as like Hawaii residents to to try to get into this place also there's no way to get in it's basically the harvard of restaurants it's the harvard of harvard of restaurants because it's um you really are just throwing your penny into the pond and then seeing what they like they pick out five out of the ten thousand whatever there's no chance but that said it's a very inspirational show and uh aaron has done a fantastic job of capitalizing on the unparalleled cuteness and quality and realness of her whole establishment and now they have a whole online store that's like all the kitchen stuff you would ever want all the bathroom stuff um cookbook she has like her memoir and then a cookbook and also i'm realizing now has gone on several many press tours and met martha stewart and Katie Couric and everybody and anybody and so anyway I'm it's beyond I'm beyond missing the boat on this place and apologies if you've already heard about it and this is like sort of amusing to just hear somebody stumble upon this thing but I just remember reading about it years ago and I thought oh maybe one day if I like had a better job and had a partner and we were in Maine and we can like try to make it work and now I've just like dipped my toe in the pond and the pond's like get out so anyway, will I write a postcard? Question mark. Probably yes, because it feels like winning the lottery, except you win the lottery and then you pay $500 to have dinner at this like renovated mill, which is gorgeous, I'm sure. But there's a giant communal table in the middle that I think they just put all the couples at, from what I can tell. I mean, that's not like every night they have 24 people or whatever the table is. So I sort of think like, geez, you know, you, you get in and then what you're saying next to Ben and Linda, and it's like, hey guys, isn't it crazy we're here? It's like, I don't want to care. I don't want to talk to Ben and Linda. I just want to talk to Chris and be like, isn't this cool? Like, I want the table by the window. 
this is the other reason why it's probably not a good idea for me to go is that it's now built up to this place that when I go, I'll be so sensitive to each little thing of like, I saw this on the show or oh, I saw that table on the show or oh, this person's working today. Just like it would get way too much too fast. And then you still spend $500. I mean, it's a memory you'll have forever and I'm sure it's awesome. And one of the things I did today to procrastinate was look up reviews of it. And there's like one or two people that sort of trash how like hyped up it is because it's like not as good as people say but that's because people say it's the best meal they've ever had in their entire life so there's sort of no way to live up to it and yet so many of the reviews are so positive that it's sort of undeniable that like they got it going on and also there's only so many times you go to a restaurant that's like farm to table and it's literally actually farm to table like it's that day what's fresh and all that stuff they so do that and that's like half the show too is her figuring out what they can do and oh this didn't come in and what else can i make and is this weird to put these two things together and of course it's always gorgeous and beautiful and delicious and people love it so that's the big current event for me in my life which uh would qualify as a current event if it was like again three-ish years ago when the show started i'm because i'm sure now it's I mean, th- this is old news. And it's also only up and up for for Aaron. Aaron French. Shout out. Um, I'm sure she's a total main celebrity. And, uh, you know, it would be so cool to meet her. Because she's from Freedom. Like, she's from this tiny, tiny town. Moved away. Got pregnant during college. Had to leave college. Went back to her parents' house. Started this supper club. Got an Airstream. Did these mobile meals. You know, like 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 service it dinner service or whatever um and then something else bad happened i don't know and then she like landed in this space and then really like started doing a great job and then more people caught on and then also her husband not her now husband of like four years they sort of gloss over this but they met online he's from new york and now like lives and like moved to freedom but obviously still like goes back and forth sometimes when i can tell on instagram i've gone deep into this and there's clearly some like, like, I think he helped elevate her profile somehow, or maybe, and I don't mean to say that she wouldn't have been able to do it on her own, but I just think there's a certain New York connection thing, because he's a producer too, and I think he works on the show, like he makes the show about her and The Lost Kitchen. So there's some like really great cocktail of the two of them together that's just making this exponentially awesome, like, main culinary uh global scale yet local like hyper local focused amazing like experience slash service to humanity so that's right and then like the first episode is all that cute stuff and then the second episode is covid hits and so you're like what are they going to do you know it's a great and and again there are three these three seasons of this i've watched four episodes five episodes and there's literally like 27 more or something so Maybe I'll keep talking about this on the... <laughs> I'm, I'm clearly passionate. Uh, I could keep talking about this as I watch on because now they're starting to build cabins near the restaurant where people can eat in like little... They're not cabins that you sleep in even though I think they've now built those now, present day, but where I'm at in the show, they're just building these dining cabins that have glass everywhere and they overlook the pond and it's private. And Anyway, the only thing I think the whole time is how do you go to the bathroom and like how far away is the bathroom? And then... Uh, what you know when like the your server comes over and says oh do you need anything else you need ketchup whatever you say yes you know how often can the server come by when you're in the cabin like 20 yards away from the is that a long anyway 
I don't know how long 20 yards is, but like if you're far away from the main di- from the kitchen, like how often are people, I like the idea of everything being sort of closer, you know, so you can sort of like wave or, or, you know, they can tell if you're like kind of looking for something. If you're in your private cabin over there, it's kind of like what's going on. But then again, I'm sure they probably like dedicate a server to you and you pay them $500 too. And it's all beautiful and the best thing that's ever happened to you in your life. So anyway, they, Aaron continues to stick the landing at every turn and that's a pleasure to watch and a real success story. And uh, they're the sponsor of this podcast episode. So shout out to the Lost Kitchen. Swipe up for 20% off a postcard to send to them that probably won't get chosen for a reservation in summer 2023. Okay, let's move on to uh, New York Times homepage. Uh, we have a giant Ferragamo ad, very androgynous. Love that um, uh, the gender binary continues to be disregarded in many ways in high fashion. Shout out, shout out to y'all. Okay, oh, Biden in Kiev, 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 Kiev. I was a camp, camp counselor at Camp Kiev, so it's, it, uh, the capital city of Ukraine always messes me up. Uh, very cool that Biden is there. I think what a nightmare with the emails and the secret service of it all. Can you imagine being an assistant on this trip? That's the only thing I thought. Um, let's see. Here's what the other Republican candidates should say to Trump. Um, yeah, there's nothing to say. Who's, who knows what's going to happen with that whole thing? I mean, it's the kind of thing where it happened once and it it can happen again. You know, it's sort of like I went through the night of election, like the election night, 2016, thinking, oh, Hillary, here we go. And then like the unthinkable happened. So now it's just like anything goes. And then like the worst possible person on the face of the planet to be the president during the pandemic. And then he like still was. And he like served out his term, like, it, you know, by the hair of his chinny chin chin. And yeah, there's nothing, I, I don't know. I, I obviously I hope he doesn't come back. Um, I think he will. And will he get the nomination? I think yes. Like, yes. Yes. Yes, I do. I do. I do think you got that image. Certainly no one who went to college and paid attention. And certainly not Ron DeSantis, who uh, is, like, easy to not like. Just so easy to not like. But I don't know. I thought that about Donald J. Trump also. So who's to know? The real question is, is Biden going to... I mean, I think... all signs point to yes, Biden's going to say yes to running again. Uh, but I just hope he walks slowly. You know, you don't have to run, Joe. Just slow down. Um, I said when he first got elected, just take it easy. Go to the meetings. You know, take a nap when you need to. This is I don't mean to sound so ageist and, like, mean. But I just, I truly mean, like, go the distance. Like, this is a marathon. And... If it made Barack age by 15 years, like, you don't got 15 years to age. Like, you got to go your pace, you know? We're all, so we're, I was rooting for you. We're all rooting for you. How dare you try to go too fast? Um, okay, that's my thought on the election. Also, there's a primary in Madison today. There might be primaries when this airs tomorrow. I assume there are, because it's Tuesday. It's a Tuesday, and there's it's happening in Madison. So I assume it's happening in other states. So go out there and vote. 
Okay. That was an opinion article, by the way, so it's not really news. Let's see. What else? The um, earthquake, terrible. Rust prosecutors downgrade Alec Baldwin's manslaughter charges. The move significantly reduces the possible prison time for the actor who is holding the gun that discharged on the movie set if he is convicted. Yeah, that's just, um, no one's winning in that situation. Sad, sad, sad. Oh, Ron DeSantis, here we go. Ron DeSantis of Florida visited New York in a trip meant to portray himself as a law and order politician. Did, God, Law and Order is a television show. It's not, I mean, it became this political thing, but that is a television show. Speaking on Staten Island, that is rich. That is the crowd. <laughs> if you look at, something I love to reference is the 2016 president, like it's called an extremely detailed map of the 2016 election. And it's a New York Times thing. And you can zoom in at the county level and maybe even closer and see what the percentage was for Hillary and Trump. And you can, it's like, to me, it's such a record keeper. Because if it's, if I'm ever like, oh, what is this place like? Or, oh, if I, you know, because I'm always in the market for a second home that I can't afford. Uh, <laughs> and a first home that I can't afford either. But uh, in my fantasy second home, I think, oh, that'd be so great to live in that, you know, insert beautiful countryside place. Go look at the map. Oh, crazy. You know, and if it's like 50-50, it's like, yeah, what do you want? You know, but it's a great reference tool. And uh, when you look, zoom in on the New York metro area, it's really funny to see, like, Upper West Side is still more liberal than Upper East Side. And um, there, the pocket of Williamsburg, Brooklyn, where all the Hasidic Jewish people live, is like salt, was solidly Trump. And then all of Staten Island was like the one giant red area in all of New York. So it's just, uh, yeah, Staten Island does make sense for um, Ron DeSantis to visit. It's the Florida of New York. <laughs> it's the, yeah, you know, I've never actually, I, I take the ferry, I took the ferry across, I went, I, did I even go anywhere? I might have just walked off and on. Classic story of like the only time someone's gone to Staten Island. But like there's an artist residency, is it called Shug Island or Snug Harbor? Staten I Snug Harbor, Staten Island. Yes, there was um Kathy Westwater, a fabulous dance artist. Um my word fabulous, I think she like um I don't mean fabulous like as an aesthetic thing. I think her aesthetic is very different from like fabulosity, but I just in my imagination think, you know, fabulous. Uh, I remember had a residency, maybe I'm making this all up, but this is what I remember. Had a residency at Snug Harbor Cultural Center in Botanical Garden on Staten Island. And I almost, I feel like this was 2020-ish. And I was like, I wanted to go and then it changed. Like the pandemic happened and I was like, oh, I can't go. But there's this cool, like, botanical garden there, and they do artist residencies, and that was the one time I really was plotting and scheming to go to Staten Island. Never did. One day. One day. Let's see. What else? Oh, a lethargic alligator rescued from Prospect Park Lake in Brooklyn. Great. 
now being invited at Bronx Zoo is presumed to have been abandoned by someone who kept it as a pet. Awesome. Love alligator pet owners. That You guys are really MVPs. That is doing... You're, you're working wonders for the animal community, especially when you dump it in Prospect Park Lake. <sighs> okay. Mm. As pandemic swept America, deaths in prisons rose by nearly 50%. First comprehensive data on prison fatalities in COVID era. Yeah, I remember thinking like, how is this working in prisons? And the answer is it didn't. The The pandemic was such a harshly, um, like, classist, uh, like, phenomenon. It was so like, oh, stay home and work remote. It's like, okay, well, that's like only this much of the whole population. What, and everyone else was supposed to, oh, like, wear a mask if you can. And, like, be careful. It's like, people can't just be careful. People have to work. And it was, it was, anyway, I don't need to. <laughs> Uh, that might take the word for the least original thought ever shared on Dan Talks. I will take full ownership of that. Um, on to MLB, the Major League Baseball, football ended, and now it's full baseball until Christmas, it seems. So, go Sox, and holy shit, how many baseball games can there be? <sighs> Last thing I like to look at, I'm at the very bottom now. Um, my very favorite thing is the uh, real estate section, which they put at the very last, which I think is a little shady, but um, especially because like New York, New York and real estate are so inextricably intertwined. Like the history of New York is the history of real estate and like real estate deals. You know, it's an island. And everyone has been plotting, scheming, and stealing, wheeling, dealing ever since, you know, the uh, settlers, colonists came on its shores. I, I would revise that sentence if I was writing it. But you know what I'm saying. Like, since the beginning, this is what it's been about. Um, let's see what's happening in real estate. The next, how, the next hot housing market is out of this world. It's in the metaverse. Okay, I can't even. Despite the implosion of FTX and projections of a cryptocurrency winter, the metaverse real estate market is expected to grow by $5.37 billion in 2026. It is a true monopoly money world uh, out there. Uh, funny enough, though, um, cryptocurrency, the other sponsor of this, episode and you can now use crypto at the lost kitchen in freedom maine fun fact so this, that's a dan talks exclusive let's see choosing a house plant no i'm not six ways to make your home more energy efficient no interest in that i want to switch to an electric stove can the board stop me okay electric stove gas stove Big drama. Here's the feeling. Wouldn't you rather have a little bit shorter life with a gas stove than a longer one with an electric one? I'm just... Not to be so glib, but, you know, we have an electric stove now, and it's not the same. 
It's not the same. You spend one and a half times as long doing whatever it is you're doing. And yes, I'm sure the gas is bad for you, but name something that you enjoy that's not. Okay. They do all these cute little stories of like Bridgeport, Connecticut, a diamond in the rough. Coxsackie, New York, a special place on the Hudson. Fort Lee, New Jersey, like being in the city without being in the city. Little Falls, New Jersey, a low-key suburb less than 20 miles from Manhattan. I do love those things. The th- The thing is, there are fantasy pieces of like, oh, what if I lived there? My life would be like this. The thing is, whatever some place sort of sounds like, what you think it is, that's kind of what it is. So it's like the best of both worlds thing is not really a thing. Like coming to Madison, it has that best of both worlds thing of being by lakes and nature and also being a small city and having the university as sort of a connector and like a a hub of activity. But it is not anything like living in a city, like New York, for example. It's great because that I still don't need to have a car and I can walk to groceries and coffee and all that stuff. But it's still living in the Midwest. It's its own thing. It's not... Um, you're never going to land in the place that is the small village with the big city, like small village charm with big city resources and culture and close to a beautiful airport and great dining and it's not too expensive and you like your job and the commute is good and your neighbors are nice and people vote Democrat. Like, it's never going to happen. Those things are never going to happen. This is, I'm not talking to myself. Those things are never going to happen and that's okay. So... <laughs> I mean, the thing is, you want to live in the West Village. Obviously, I'm only talking to myself. But the thing is, anywhere else, it has things about that that are great. But the West Village is the best place to live on planet Earth. And that's because if you can afford to live in the West Village, that means you can also have access to a million other places that are beautiful. But then your home base is the West Village, which is, like, cute and and historic and all these things. It's just wildly expensive and also, it, just like the inventory so low, blah, blah, blah. And that's the other podcast I could go on a whole rant about. But that's the thing, is when you see the like, oh, what's it like in, this one says, Freehold, New Jersey. With major highways running through it, the township offers easy access to school shopping and medical care. There's something for everyone. There's not. There's not something for everyone in Freehold, New Jersey. There's a grocery store. There's a coffee shop. There's a theater. There's a school. There's a mall, there are stores, and that is what there is in Freehold, New Jersey. It's not, every place is not for everyone. And you got it, it's all about pros and cons, all about who you want to live with and what you want to do and what you want your life to be. And it's never, it's never all seven to ten things. You see this every time at the beginning of House Hunters, people are like, I want to move to the south of France. Great. We want at least three bedrooms and a backyard. No, you don't. Like, like, <laughs> you, you, you want that, but that's not what's going to happen. Like, you're not going to have three bedrooms, a backyard, a beautiful kitchen, walk to the coffee shop, walk to the bar, also quiet, also cheap. Also, still like this guy that you're with that you want to move to the south of France with when you're going to move and he doesn't have a job yet. Like... Anyway, you understand what I'm saying, and I could go on and on, and I get—I suppose I am. 
other things to comment on are that are tiny homes a solution to the housing crisis probably kind of i've never cared about how big the place i live is only i only care about how nice it is and how close it is to stuff and by that i mean like that flipped like how close it is to stuff and then how nice it is like livable and close to something is great and like high quality and close to things dream come true whenever someone's like i want more space or they say we want this many square hundred or like we want 2,000 square feet and it's a couple or maybe, or whatever. I'm like, what are you trying to say? Like who, uh, uh. okay. Everything else is fine. I don't need to, um, the only, the only thing that's fun about reading people, stories about people looking for apartments is what their jobs are on, what their budget is. Cause it never makes sense. And the more I like learn about jobs or like have, different jobs it's it's just it's it's never gonna make sense so um but but it is fun to see someone like i'm a graphic designer and my budget is thirty five hundred dollars a month for one bedroom in gramercy and you're like oh okay do you make like five hundred thousand dollars like i it's it's very um mind-boggling okay is there anything else that we need to cover it's been 29 minutes (laughs) that's pretty good um I promise I'm messaging people about coming on Dan Talks. I would love, if you have a message from me in your DMs on Instagram, I would love to talk to you. Uh, I understand if you don't, but also, please do. <laughs> uh, also, if you are a listener and you'd like to be a guest, DM me. Uh, I would love to talk about anything that, um, I mean, I can talk to, to anyone about anything. So... Um, yeah. Okay. It's the end of February. Do Is there another Dan Talks before the end of February? There is. February 28th, last day of February. So, uh, I'm going back to my alma mater, Davidson College, this weekend. So, uh, maybe I'll record something there. Who knows? But, um... I hope you are enjoying the shortest month. And before you know it, it's in March. And that is the real, like, third lap of the mile. Like, March goes on forever and nothing happens. So, anyway, I'm excited to put together more Dan Talks to entertain you. So, uh, I love you. Hope you're doing well. And I'll talk to you next week on Dan Talks. Okay, love you, bye.